Cupboard Show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, every week by my good buddy here and co-host, Mr. Trey Hill, to break down another week of Bulls in action. <laughs> I can't even call it action. The Bulls played, so theoretically, the Bulls played three basketball games in between the last time we both talked, Trey, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm not, well, I'm not seeing basketball out there. I'm seeing just, seeing a lot of negative uh, things that just don't make me happy it doesn't bring me joy i actually the first game this season i turned off was that second game against the knicks where we were losing big and i just couldn't couldn't watch it anymore and this game i actually i skipped it to go take my kids to see christmas lights i know you know uh, i listen to it on the radio but i was actually listening to the, to the timberwolves announcers on sirius XM. but uh pretty happy i skipped this one and i really like it you know there's a little tip for you bulls fans out there uh it's okay to take a, a little time off when uh you know Things aren't looking so good. But how are you feeling, Trey? <laughs> well, I did not skip this game. Yeah. So after the game, when I messaged you asking if you were if you were back home yet, I was really hoping you were still out and about so I wouldn't have to tape this right after the game ended because the the Bulls managed to somehow stay in this game a little bit, just enough to where you couldn't really turn it off. Mm-hmm. But even even in the, the first half, I messaged you at, at halftime saying the Bulls deserve to be down 20, and I wasn't exaggerating. It was just it it was a poor effort, uh, just all around. But Stacy King pointed out specifically the back end rotate defensive rotations, killing Vooch, and just it they ramped it up a little bit in the second half, just long enough, like I said, to get back in it, only to falter again. Just disappointing loss after disappointing loss, and this sucks. It is not easy right now to be a Chicago Bulls fan. Um, it is a long season, guys. I mean, the Bulls are sitting at 11 and 18. Second worst, uh, I think, here in the Eastern Conference. Uh, oh, no, sorry. This is the Central Standings. I'm only looking at Central Standings. There's got to be somebody worse than them. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, the, I mean, the Hornets are below, below us. Pistons, Magic, Wizards. So, hey, the Wizards are worse than us. Let's, let's point that out. They're playing tonight. They might actually be tied with us by the end of the night here but uh if they win tonight but yeah the bulls are disappointing to say the least the it's like the body language out there is just not good trey like you know we're watching these teams uh we're watching these feelings over and over again on the defensive end and instead of like you know gritting our teeth and bearing down and and, and powering through it and someone stepping up and overcoming and, and you know stepping over getting over that you know negativity and, and being like, you know, superstar DeRozan or something like that. It's just, it's infected everybody. Like everybody just seems to step slow. Everybody seems to want to point fingers. Everybody just seems to be upset. And I mean, I get that. I mean, it's, you're losing basketball games, but like, I don't know. Do you feel like, do you feel like this losing streak has gotten into the heads of these Bulls players? Are we, are they not mentally tough? Are we mentally weak? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I mean, I don't know that it's the losing streak. I I think it's just the – I mean, I guess 
it is the losing, but I mean, I don't think it, it's this streak. I think all season we've seen the frustration on the defensive end from the Bulls. And I think the losing streak has probably caused it to tip over, especially losing back-to-back overtime games against mm-hmm. the Hawks and then the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just been a really frustrating time. But to me, it's – I don't know if it's communication. I don't know if guys are, are just a step slow on rotations because they're not sure and then people – like. I know not everyone has a super great feel for the game on the defensive end. Sometimes they need to have the good communication on that end. And maybe that was one of the things that Lonzo provided because uh, I love Caruso, but it doesn't see, I don't see him often like pointing guys, pointing out rotations before they need to happen. Like you see guys like uh, Jose Alvarado on the Pelicans, Mm. for instance, he's pointing out rotations for Zion before they need to happen. Like sometimes maybe we just, Zach needs a guy that can do that. So I don't know exactly what it is. I don't I don't know that it's the losing streak though because even if the Bulls won two or three games, would you feel would you feel better about them because I don't no. think I would. I don't feel confident about this team at all. And uh, just to kind of tell you guys how I feel about this team. Uh, you ready for this? I'm going to go ahead and, and tell you guys in sounds here how I'm feeling right now. I'm really gl- I'm is. really glad that the sound came through on that because it would have been really <laughs> underwhelming if it didn't. No, yeah, I, I made sure I put it close to the mic, but uh, yeah, no, that's me cracking up on a beer because yeah, that's what the Bulls do these days. They drive me to drink. Um, I mean, a lot of things do. So let's let's not be let's be honest about it. But no, uh, these Bulls are definitely a reason, uh, not a reason for happiness in my life right now. They don't spark joy, uh, as Marie Kondo says. So I'm I'm willing to throw them away at this point in my life. But no, I think. Uh, you know, I'd mentioned it a while ago, Trey, and, you know, it's kind of like as you were talking there, I was remembering a conversation we had. Uh, we were doing more shows last season and, you know, it was towards the end of the season, I believe. And we were talking about, you know, the anchor of your defense has to be that guy that, you know, is out there directing people. Like, you know, I'll point to a, a good Bulls, you know, example of that, which is Joakim Noah, where he was constantly barking at, you know, Derek Rose or, uh, you know, whoever else, uh, uh, Kyle Korver, where they needed to be on the defensive end, you know, holding people accountable, clapping his hands in their faces, trying to get them amped up on that side of the basketball. And, you know, that's just not who, like, I'm not going to, I'm not saying it's all his fault, but it's not who Vooch is. I don't know who the anchor on this defense is, is uh, going to be. You know, I just, that was a question I always had. I didn't think it really mattered because I felt like the Bulls had the um, scoring ability to outscore opponents. We saw it tonight. I mean, they scored incredibly well. But like you said, Without any defense whatsoever, I mean, they give up 150 freaking points to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, there's no Rudy Gobert, obviously, so it was a bit of a faster-paced game. But still, that's just 150 points to any NBA team in regulation. Trey is terrible. That's bad. You should not do that if you're a legitimate playoff basketball team, which the Bulls are touting themselves as. And you know what's pissing me off even more, Trey, is that AK. And I know we've said, you know, we, I've seen this on Twitter and other people complaining about it already. So, so not, not just my beef, it's a lot of people's beef, but there's no there's no accountability there either. AK is not coming out and telling us what the plan is. They're not coming out and, and answering for the roster construction that's put us in this hole. How do you feel about that? I mean, are you are you starting to get uh, sour a little bit on the front office here? Are you hoping that are you wishing that they would be a little bit more vocal? No, <laughs> no, though, I know that was really underwhelming and I meant to be underwhelming because. I do think if you plug Lonzo into this team, I think it solves l- almost every issue it has. 
On offense, we have DeRozan and Zach. They're both very talented offensive players, but they're both isolation heavy who play makes secondary. We don't have anyone creating things, getting guys open. You hear about the Spain pick and roll where it's two guys setting a screen at the top. One of them will dive to the rim or one of one of them sets the screen and then they back screen the screener. One dives to the rim. It's a pretty standard play in today's NBA. The Bulls even run it a little bit, so I can't knock them for not running it, but they don't have anyone that can play make out of it. And so if you get Lonzo back on the offensive end, I think everything looks better on there, but really the defensive end because – him and Caruso out there, they were playing at an all-defensive level. You have someone with that size, that switchability, that who can make up for the defensive lapses that everyone else seems to. He does have that defensive feel for the game, when, when I'm talking about Lonzo, where he can cover up mistakes. So when we talk about blaming AK, I think I think management was brought in. They were, they were told, secure Zach Levine, try and get this team back to the playoffs, and don't go into the luxury tax. If this team's healthy, I still think they're a playoff team. As bad as they've played, I still think if you bring Lonzo Ball back and he, I think he solves enough of the problems that I, I still believe in the team being what management was brought in to make it. Does that place, um, and this is a, a point I see on Twitter all the time too, does that place too much undue stress on Lonzo Ball though? Because what if he does come back? And you know, we, we'll talk a little bit more about Lonzo here in a minute, but what if he does come back and he's not exactly that guy that we're saying that, is that missing piece? He's that elusive, you know, um, connector that's going to, you know, make everything better. We're still losing basketball games. I mean, that that's kind of putting that, you know, putting a lot of pressure on him to be that guy. And I don't know, man, like from what I've seen okay, from so, Lonzo. So let's yeah, say we get 80% Lonzo. Mm-hmm. What he brings on the offensive end, I don't think requires a lot of athleticism. It's a lot of transition passing, but he makes some pretty long full court passes. Um and when it's the half court, it's him creating, but in sets. It's not necessarily him overpowering with his athleticism. It's his knowledge of the game and his playmaking skills. So I don't think he got on there. And even on the defensive end, yeah, he might not be a top-notch defender, but he still has those help instincts. He still knows he's not going to be Patrick Williams, who's either not rotating at all or rotating so late he has no chance of getting the charge call. So even if Lonzo slips a little, I just think – he has the 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 feel for the game to be able to still make up for those things because like you don't lose your playmaking vision. Like Larry Bird was a great passer even when he had a back brace. The Bulls are sorely lacking a a point guard right now, like a true point guard. Um, I think it's very obvious. I don't like the fact that Demar Derozan or Zach Levine is you know getting the ball up the court and initiating the offense because. What you see, you know, we we talked about this before too. But what you see on the offensive end is, you know, when other guys that aren't necessarily as involved in the offense, like a Patrick Williams or an Alex Caruso or, or what have you, <clears throat> when they're Caruso not- Caruso initiated the very first well, play of the game. So yeah. so if it's not DeRozan and Zach, like even Caruso, I I don't feel confident in him as a as a an initiator. Like no, he's great getting the ball like in yeah. rotation, but starting off, no, I don't have any confidence in that either. Yeah, and 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 you know if you're if you have that person bringing up the ball, uh, oftentimes it's Zach or tomorrow, and then you know that they're going to take a shot. You know, 50% of the time, half the time they're not going to pass the ball once, so they're just going to try to break their man down, uh, maybe get a, give a pass to you, and then expect the ball right back off the top of the key. You're just not going to be engaged on the offensive end, so you just kind of shut that that area of it down, and you think you're just a role player, and you're just going to be grabbing boards and playing defense. And when you have that mentality, every person on the floor in an NBA basketball game has to be a weapon. We've asked that of Patrick Williams. We got to ask that 
every single person on the floor. I would assume Alex Caruso. We see streaks of it. We see, you know, spots where they do look aggressive. But it's hard to stay that way when, you know, you're sitting there uh, maybe even wide open and three guys are on DeMar DeRozan and he's taking a jumper. And maybe he gets fouled and goes to the line and gets two jump and two free throws and it's good and it's a positive thing for your team. But that's not fun basketball for you. So I think it's a difficult thing for the Bulls to overcome. That's why we don't have we don't have a real point guard. Right, and that's that's exactly what the team needs because Lamar, uh, bleh, Zach and Demar, I, I almost called them Lamar. Uh, <laughs> the, they they're great in in the offense, ten seconds or less. But mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want them being the guys creating in that twenty four to ten second range. I want them being in the like I we saw Zach and Demar both knock down corner threes off of just being the guys in the corner and letting the offense initiate elsewhere. They can be effective catching and shooting or catching and then breaking their man down whenever they have to close out on them with 10 seconds left on the clock. They don't have to get the ball with 17 and try and play make because that's not something that's clearly not their strength. It's, the Bulls, uh, they've, they've tried to put this square peg into a round hole with one hoping one of them could be a, could be a playmaker uh, at that level. And it's just that's just not the case. And, you know, it's not to say that these guys don't pass the ball. I mean, you know, they're they're getting assists. I mean, if you look at the box score, uh, you know, they're getting four, five, six, seven assists a game uh, sometimes. And, you know, it's not like they're ball hogs. I'm not trying to say that. It's just that they they have a certain mentality on the offensive end. And when you're a true point guard, when you're uh, Alonzo Ball or, or someone like that and you understand the game at, at that level, you understand that this guy needs his touches here. This guy needs his touches there. Like everybody needs to be engaged at certain points of the game so that we can all stay engaged and stay, stay being active and, and being, you know, uh, offensive weapons whenever we're on the offensive and, side. And not just that, but I think like Lonzo, uh, we were using him as the, for instance, but these elite playmakers, the processing speed they have on their passes. So DeMar and Zach, they might make the same read as Lonzo, but they're passing it a half second later. So the defense has that much longer to recover. So instead of getting a wide open jump shot, you're, you're getting a contested jumper. Or you're getting a guy, if they're really, you know, if they're quicker, they can get back out and just close out completely. So that's really, I think, the biggest flaw when it comes to them playmaking because defenses are so sophisticated, they move so fast, and teams are getting so long. Like the Timberwolves tonight, Rudy Gobert wasn't out there, but you still had Jade McDaniels, um, who's like 6'10 with like a seven foot wingspan. Nas Reed, same thing. Anthony Edwards is like these teams are so long and so big. And that's just the trend in the NBA that you have to make quick processing decisions. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Lonzo Ball, we did get a uh, update. So not to bring Bulls fans down even further, but we do have to speak about it a little bit here. It looks like Lonzo is still not running without any pain. He still has pain in that knee. It's just not a good sign, Trey. So, you know, if we're talking about Lonzo being – I wouldn't say the. I mean, I wouldn't say the answer. I don't want to put that pressure on. Him. I still don't want to put that pressure on. Him, but but being somebody that can significantly make this team a, a lot better, somebody that fills a very significant need on this Bulls team, uh, he's important. But I don't have any faith that he's going to play this basketball season. I think the farther the Bulls slip to, you know, we're we're what 30 games into the season now, and we're sitting well below 500 at this point. Uh, I think, you know, if the Bulls don't turn this thing around soon, I think it's a it's a very easy call for the Bulls to shut down lots of ball for the rest of the season. Do you agree? Yeah, one one hundred percent. Are you just <clears throat> you shut him down until he feels one hundred percent comfortable to play? Like, you know, the last week of the season, if Lonzo's feels ready to play, he and he just really wants to get some running. Yeah, throw him out there for some some games, get him some NBA minutes, 
And, you know, at that point, we're probably just hoping for the, the lottery gods to give us a top four pick so we can keep it at that point. But it's just it's it's so disappointing that even when we get Lonzo news, it's never good news. Yeah, it is. Um, not. Yeah. So there is some good news coming, though. Mm-hmm. We, this was the first game of the road trip, but the next three games we have this week, they're all on the road. But again, I still think they're winnable games at the Heat, at the Hawks, at the Knicks. This is after that you've got the Rockets and then the Bucks. Like it starts to ramp back up. These are this was the stretch where the Bulls needed to prove that they could turn things around. And this is this is the last little bit of it before you start getting the Bucks, the Cavs twice, the, the Nets, the 76ers, the Celtics. It's it's getting ready to be a bloodbath again. So the Bulls really need to try and find a way to get some wins. They do. Um, now this is a four game win streak. Now uh, it is. Or is it four game? You said losing. You sorry, said losing, streak, losing streak, streak. Losing streak. Losing streak. Sorry. And I needed to go find a drink after that. <laughs> no, it is not a winning streak. Uh, it is a losing streak. It is a terrible losing streak because, like you said, this was such an opportunity for us. You know, but you know, like you said, if the Bulls um, add a few uh, point uh, against the Hawks team, if they add a point against the the Knicks team, uh, doesn't go to overtime. The Bulls win those games. You know, we're not as down on this Bulls team, and it's still a team kind of hovering around 500. But you know what? I was listening to the NBA radio. Uh, I can't remember who the hosts were. I think it was uh, maybe Gelt, Gelt Seiler and uh, the other guy. I can't remember his name. Samuel, Sam Mitchell. And uh, I think they were talking about the Bulls and they were saying, you know, you are you're, you have to rely on your stars. You know, if you have if your team has two all stars, you're pretty much guaranteed to be a 500 ball team. If you're not a 500 ball team, something's really, really wrong. And they were blaming the, the ancillary pieces. They were blaming the role players saying, well, you have two all-stars, so obviously it's everyone else's fault. But let's, you know, let's again put that microscope on Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan tonight. You know, again, I was listening on the, on the radio. I wasn't watching, but from what I heard uh, in the plays that I heard from Zach Levine, I'm just, I'm not impressed with Zach Levine's play. He was starting to look good there for like a three or four game stretch about a week, two weeks ago. And now it's it's like to the point where he's again getting into that inefficient type of basketball. The playmaking, the decision making is questionable in my opinion. So, um, you know, in my opinion, I mean, we still got those knee issues here uh, with Zach Levine, Trey. So, but he's regressed. I think he's regressed as a playmaker. Uh, a little bit, maybe. I think he's really looking to try and find his shot, and because <clears throat> with him not being a natural playmaker. Him being able to score at all three levels, that kind of facilitates his playmaking because it, it draws the gravity into him so much and away from the other guys. Tonight, it, it just it really seems like this team is bound and determined to try and find a way to make it work on the offensive end when things get going. Um, again, the defensive lapses cause the Bulls to go down. They come out, they come out after halftime. It, coaching staff really obviously buckled down on them. Because again, when it's so obvious, Stacey King has has to drag the team on the the <laughs> broadcast. That's when you know it's bad. So they fix it a little bit in the third quarter. But again, when when they got down and they're trying to claw back in it, they're not they're not buckling down for defensive stops. They're they're pl- they're doing ISO ball and Zach shooting or Demar shooting or you know they're they're not buckling down on the defensive end nearly enough. Whenever time whenever it's, it's time to really you know win the game. They're more focused on the offensive end. And I I would love for Zach to be that guy who was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to buckle down on the defensive end because we need someone to do it. So I've been saying it now for, gosh, I don't know, how long now? A couple months probably, a month at least, that it's DeMar DeRozan's at his highest trade value now. 
And I think if the Bulls, I don't think the Bulls have a ton of incentive to make a move. I think, you know, we're still living in a little bit of la-la land if we're saying, oh, the Bulls are just going to blow it up and they're going to get all these draft picks. And, and you know, I just don't think that there is a ton of value in that because, um, as we've said before, you know, you've made the point, Trey, and I agree with you 100%, that these draft picks are all just kind of shots in the dark. I mean, there's no guarantee that if you have a top 14 draft pick, that guy's going to be an NBA-level starter, star, whatever you want to say. There's no guarantees in that draft. There are misses all over the place uh, in the draft, from as far, even as high as the first first pick in the whole entire draft. So I don't think you know it's a wise move to, to go ahead and just blow everything up. But the Bulls, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of fans' opinions, I think we do have a, a fit problem here. I don't think it's on the offensive end. I think the offense looks fine. But I think on the defensive end, you know, it regressed at the, towards the second half of the end of the second half of last season. And yeah, Alonzo does probably help a lot with that stuff, but that's just one player. I'm still kind of not sold on this group as a fit defensively. So talk me into that. Talk me out of that. Like how, where do you stand on that now? I'm ready to listen to offers. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know that I'm ex- like, because yeah. I don't see, I don't see the Bulls getting anything in return that I I would like. But right. again, I I'm I'm open to listening to offers, and that wouldn't have been the case, you know, earlier in the year. So I mean, I think I mean, if you could sell. Let me say this: I think if you could sell Demar Derozan, I mean, he's making what? I don't even know how much money off the top of my head. It's got to be near thirty million. Well, right? well, how, how about this? How about the next episode we do? We take uh, fellow sports uh, sports ethos guy up on his offer to do a trade podcast. And we post it over here and because it is, it's time to start gauging what, what the trade possibilities might be. Because I don't, everyone says the Lakers. I think the Lakers are holding out for, for Bradley Beal, Dame Lillard. They're not going to trade those two picks or either of those two picks that are so coveted for DeMar DeRozan, I don't think, and Vucevic. So with that not being on the table, what, what is out there for DeRozan even? So there's your little teaser for the next episode coming your way. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. We'll, we'll get hit up the uh, you know the Celtics guys, the uh, Hawks guys, the Heat guys, all the guys that aren't sporty, so sports ethos, uh, the Mavericks guys. Man, the Mavericks, hmm, that'd be interesting. And see what they would have to who, offer. Who wants Demar? Yeah, who wants Demar, and what are you offering me for him? Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they say. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it, so. Just you know, in a vacuum, like not any specific trade idea in my mind. Like I haven't researched this at all. But if you can get, you know, a young wing type of player, uh, you know, like a Patrick Williams type, uh, a more of a defensive mind like a Jaden Daniels or uh, and I'm not saying he's available, but someone like that guy. Right. And you can add him to this bull squad and and a draft pick and another guy that's, you know, on a big bloated contract. Right. Something like that for DeMar DeRozan right now appeals to me because um, obviously it'd be a younger guy and it, it moves the timeline, you know, excuse it a little bit more towards the younger side. And I just think the fit right now, I mean, I just don't. I don't like the vibes, right? And that's I can't explain it any other way besides just when I'm watching this basketball team play basketball and I'm watching these guys watch Demar do his thing and it, do, watching him do his thing is incredible at times. I'm just not liking the vibes of the other guys on the team watching him try to score the basketball. So in my opinion, if you're going to blow it up, you're not going to blow it up. You're just going to make one trade basically, and you're going to either get rid of DeRozan or Vucevic. And the guy that's got the most value out of that, those two, obviously to me is, is DeRozan. And, he, and I, I'm sure there's got to be teams in the NBA that are interested. I mean, in I feel like on the trade show, there'll probably be trades for everybody and we, we can just, we can just go all in. So 
Me, I, I'm excited. We can just trade tomorrow, like you said, get a defensive guy on a rookie contract, get some expiring contracts, and then we can throw $20 million a year at Kyle Kuzma. There you go. I like Kyle Kuzma. I like it. I do. Um, <laughs> well, let me say I don't. I don't. Let me say I'm, I'm a noted Kyle Kuzma hater. But after I've, what I've watched, what he done, he's done with the uh, Washington Wizards, and with the uh, Lakers to an extent. I do think he's a good fit. Uh, he's a great role player. He's yeah. a great role player. He's huge. Like he yeah. is huge. People don't re- like. His defense I, is really good too. Actually, I, I said it just half joking because I know you're a Kyle Kuzma hater. I am a hater. But, I am a hater. <laughs> but I, I think I hate his. He, he's more he's, than opting, his he's opting out because he knows he's going to get yeah. more than that sixteen and a half million. So yeah. there are options, but right now um, it's just sad to be a Bulls fan, and it's really sad that now we're instead of looking forward to who we might be playing in the play-in or if we might be able to sneak into that sixth spot. It's well, I hope those lottery odds are nice to us. Let's see what the trade <laughs> machine's looking like. I think the Bulls right now have a like 12% chance to retain their pick, which, you know, hey, that's something. Hey, there you go. That's a little bit of a glimmer of hope for us to hang on to. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It is. Happen. And in, in this <laughs> this draft class is yeah, just an loaded. exceptional draft yeah. class. And the next couple aren't, aren't nearly as, as loaded. So if there was a year for the Bulls to just really suck and hopefully get their pick, it's this one. Just said everybody – Get your, man, get, how, get your top how four pick. We, we got to <laughs> no, get off yeah. here, man. We got to get yeah. off here. We, we got. No, yeah, okay. So I do have I do have one bit of news here that we, we have to cover before we get off here. Uh, so there is one guy that the Bulls have actually been linked to in I think it was Mark Spears. Uh, I don't know. Somebody on ESPN wrote an article. Anyways, they were linked again to Jakob Bertel. Uh, so I mean, how do you feel about that? I feel like you know I've been pretty unimpressed. I've watched some Spurs game here. And I've been pretty unimpressed with Jakob's uh, defense, you know, to be honest with you. So that's not the profile center I'm looking for personally. I think it's just more of a, of a Vooch type thing, just not as good as Vooch. Um, so, but he has improved his game quite a lot from year one to now. And I do like him. So, I mean, would you prefer to have Jakob Pertl over, you know, Nikola Vucevic? I mean, that sounds ridiculous to me. Is, is that ever something ridiculous to you? Given the assets, the Bulls would have to give up. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. He, Vooch isn't the problem on the defensive end no. right now. No. But even if he were, Jakob is not coming in and fixing that problem. And I don't think Vooch is the problem on the offensive end at all. And while while Pertl is, is better on that end probably overall, I do like what Vooch offers in terms of, you know, he does stretch the floor. He's a pretty good player. I mean, like, I like what Vooch offers. I like what Vooch is doing this year. And given the price, no, I, I wouldn't bring in Jakob Pertl, even though he is quite a bit younger. Yeah, uh, I would bring him in only if you're not giving up anything like of real value. And that, that doesn't make sense. It's not going to happen. So I just don't see that happening. But he was linked to the Bulls. He, he's been linked to the Bulls a few times in the past. I think if Vooch does end up walking uh, after his, you know, his contract's up this season, I think it's a, a decent guy to go, go out and replace uh, Vooch with. And so that's something to look for maybe this offseason. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't see the Bulls making a trade for him. There's no reason to trade for him right now, especially while you still have Vooch on the roster, unless you're trading Vooch away and getting something else back. But that doesn't make sense either. So I don't really see a, a trade there. Uh, but he was linked to us, so I did want to mention a little bit. But I think that's probably going to do it for us, guys. We are going to save our sanity and uh, not talk any more Bulls basketball until next week when hopefully we have a few more wins and we're feeling a little bit better about ourselves. So I am Keith Gork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBP Keith. And Trey, where can people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. 
And do, uh, you know, like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening, guys. Go get the DFS pass on sportsethos.com. It is still cheap. You can go talk to me. I am crushing it tonight. I'm actually watching my FanDuel lineup here. I'm in 192nd place out of uh, 14,000 people. So 192 out of 14025. Oh, 193. Now I slipped a little bit. Oh, uh, But no, you should go get that. You should t- check it out. Uh, we are winning and just giving, just knockout picks every single time. Uh, if you guys uh, play Thrive Fantasy, go to Thrive Fantasy also. So use uh, promo code ETHOS to sign up and get a deposit match bonus up to $250. But until next time, I'm Keith. He's Trey. This is ETHOS Bulls. You should follow us on Twitter also at ETHOS Bulls. And until then, go Bulls. Win some of the games. Please, for the love of goodness. One more good year. <laughs> See, you guys See you guys next week.